boys and things ain't what they used to be. Well, hello. Welcome along to another episode of the Mild Mannered Army podcast, where under discussion are all things Britpop at all times. And on this week's episode, I'm going to be joined once again by the divine, the sublime, Mr. Nick Amy's author, journalist, cultural commentator, pseudo-Belgian, Liverpool <laughs> fan, and all-round all wonderful human being, and a very, very good friend of mine. And we are going to be discussing this week... Uh, the Blur album Park Life, released back in 1994, it celebrated its 25th anniversary just a couple of weeks ago, but unfortunately a series of unfortunate events have blighted Nick and I, and we've only just been able to find the time. Uh, so good evening to you, Monsieur Emmys. Bonjour. It's, oh. great. it's great to be back on the world's best <laughs> Britpop blog fact, <laughs> which is the mild-mannered army. Fact indeed, fact indeed. In big fact. Of big course, the the, the fact we should point out to listeners: the fact is in capital letters. It's like the fact in factory records. It's exactly. Fact one oh one. Fact one oh one. The world's greatest Britpop blog is go. the Mild Mannered Army. It's uh, a so yeah, we're here. Yeah. So we're, we're, we're here. We're here, and um, it's it's part life. It's it's April nineteen ninety four, uh, and I guess we've we've talked a little bit about Blur in the past. You and I, Nick, uh, we've a we've, little bit, yeah. yeah, we've we've gone through modern life as rubbish, certainly with the proverbial fine tooth comb. So I I want to kick this off with a question, and the question I have for you is this, Nick, and I have my own answer for this. My question is this: Is Park Life? A better record than Modern Life is Rubbish. We? Oui? No. Uh, no. No. Yeah, I, I my, tend to agree. In my in my book. And um, I actually, uh, I thought about this because I thought that when we originally pe- uh, pegged to have this uh, discussion about Park Life around the anniversary, I thought it was going to be really inappropriate and I thought it's going to be a bit awkward because everyone was so uh, they so enthused and they were gushing about the album and rightly so in many many ways. But then I realised that when I thought about it now, with hindsight and with a lot of years in between, it um, it doesn't hold such a high place for me as it did when it first came out. Of course, it was a different time. I was a different person. There were different things going on which influenced my decisions. And now with time and my tastes have changed a bit with a bit of knowledge more about what was going on with the band and what happened afterwards and the different uh, material that they came out with. Um, I have a very different relationship with Park Life now than I did in 1994 and 95, 96, maybe in that whole whole period when it was one of the kind of ubiquitous albums wherever you went. And uh, so, yeah, I thought if we'd have done it on the day, then maybe it would have been a bit awkward to come out and say, well, actually, no. But um, to answer your question, yeah, I would say Modern Life is rubbish, is better, and I don't think it gets much better than that anyway. Well, it's it's interesting that, that you say some of those things. I, I tend to agree, but what's interesting for me is that even at the time, now, I, I get it, right? How can I really be sure of what I was thinking at, at that time? A long time has passed. But even at the time, 
I wasn't sure about Girls and Boys the first time I heard it. And I wasn't sure about it only because it was so different. You write lyrics like, like, if you write lyrics like, maybe I don't really want to know how you got in crows, because I just want to fly. Maybe did you ever feel the pain in the morning rain as it soaked you to the bone? If that can't get appeal to people, right, and sell, right, but then a song that comes along which goes, Girls who like boys, you dig girls who like boys, you dig girls who like boys, you love girls who like boys, you dig girls who like boys, you love girls who like boys, always need to love someone. No, 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 no. That appeals to the mentality of a human being, and that's sad. So, you know, it was very sort of electronic and it was very poppy and it was slightly squidgy, but I wasn't sure about that. And then when I got the album as a whole, there were lots of things that I thought were okay. And now with the passing of time and all of its sickening crimes, mm-hmm. I would be hard pushed to go back to park life and pull out as many songs that I love and that mean something to me as I could from Modern Life is Rubbish, Blur, and 13. Mm-hmm. I'm glad you say that because I was a bit concerned because I thought from what I'd been seeing kind of flashing up and going around on Twitter and other platforms around the time of the anniversary, I thought that I would be in a, a huge minority. And it's, I'm glad to hear that you, you have a considered approach or opinion to it now. I mean... For me, I still think that Parklife is one of the great Britpop albums for kind of what it did and what it represented and what it changed at the time. But I think Modern Life is Rubbish and maybe Suede's debut say more about the reasons behind Britpop, the need for Britpop. And I suppose um, definitely maybe says more about the Britpop generation's condition maybe. I mean, Park Life is a popular high watermark, and you may, you, know, you may say, what's wrong with that? And I'll concede that there is nothing wrong with that. But it has to be recognised as that, and not as a high artistic statement of similar worth to those albums I've just mentioned, I think. Yeah, I, 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 again, I can only agree. I mean, it's, 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 it's peculiar because, you know, when you listen to it, and we'll, we'll probably go through it track by track in just a second, but when you go through it, the thing that really stands out now, for me anyway, is the quality of the production, the work that, that Stephen Street, um, and I think Stephen Haig was involved in some of the, some of the, producing some of the tracks as well, but certainly the, the work that Stephen Street did on that album. I mean, it sounds incredible. Yeah. It's, it's so clean. It's so polished. It's, it's a beautiful, beautiful sounding record. And it, it captures the, I guess, the spirit and a lot of the influences that shaped Britpop and that shaped British culture at that that time. Um, and I think that something similar could be said for the artwork for the album as well. Um, I know there was a slight suggestion from some people, even at the time, that it was, you know, kind of poverty tourism, you know. that's uh, I think, you know, probably the quietest have written 5,000 articles suggesting that, that that's what Blur were doing with Park Life. And there is a little bit of that, right? You know, going down yeah. the docks and all that kind of stuff. But the album is about 
England and Englishness and English culture and part of that is, you know, going down to dogs and, you know, Walthamstow and all that. And th so the artwork and the production for me are fantastic. Um, and they play, a, for me, a big role in the album. But if we maybe turn our attention then to track by track, shall we do that? Shall we have a bit of a chat about each of the songs? Absolutely, let's do that, yeah. All right, so it kicks off, obviously, it's preceded by Girls and Boys, which comes out, I think, about, about maybe six weeks before the, the album comes out. <sighs> Girls and Boys, I mean, it's it's an indie disco floor filler, right? It's, it's, a, it's a cracking little pop song. Um, and I loved it. After, after the initial listen, when I wasn't very sure and I was a bit kind of confused by it, I grew to love it. But again, it's actually things other than the song that I love more. So I love the fact that the cassette copy came looking like a packet of condoms, you know, yeah, yeah. artwork again. The artwork was great for for all of the... I was going to say something and I actually don't mean it. The artwork was great for Girls and Boys and it was great for the album. And the rest of the artwork was, in my opinion, naff uh, for all the other singles, you know, the, the pint of beer and all that caper and yeah yeah the, the the spaceship for was that to the end had the spaceship on the front cover i can't remember now we'll, end, we'll of the century, wasn't it? end of the century that was it yeah. nick um but i really liked that and and girls and boys yeah i mean it's the kind of thing if it comes on i guess it's star shaped or some you know student disco somewhere do they still have those in 2019 but it, it, it'll fill the floor and it'll have everybody mm. singing along but i don't know i don't i don't know if i love it <laughs> yeah um i was probably not alone at being surprised by this when it came out as the first single and as you just said you kind of uh justified that and backed that up and i suppose you can liken it these days to being a massive fan of the traditional oasis sound and then hearing mm. noel gallagher's black star dancing which you know, sure. we just talked about before we started and which we both really love and it's like what on earth is this of course at the time i thought girls and boys was a tune you know get on the dance floor but as i've got older and have read a lot more about the band i can't get away from the idea that this was purely aimed at getting a hit and saving their skins because it was at that time touch and go for blur which is really hard to believe now of course but you know they <clears throat> modern life is rubbish was kind of perceived as a bit of a flop and a risk for food to go and give this chance to do uh, park life and then they come up with this and uh, I think a little bit of artistic integrity was given up here and at other points on the album in return for radio play and a stay of execution from the record company but saying that I suppose it was a brave move I mean it's basically what Aga do with better guitars but it worked then and uh, it still worked as a floor filler, as you say, even for us old farts. So, yeah, it's, it is a strange one. I, well, I, but I back in 1990, there, there is a, I, I don't know where this, this quote comes from, actually. Let me just check. I, I'm, I'm, yeah, this is from David Kavanagh's England's Dreaming. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, and Damon Albarn says in 1990, allegedly, I guess you'll never know if he actually said this, when our third album comes out, our place as the quintessential English band of the 90s will be assured. That's a simple statement of fact. I intend to write it in 1994. Now, I mean, that seems a bit too neat for me uh, to, mm -hmm. to take it at face value. But I think what it does hint at is exactly what you're suggesting, that, you know, Damon was very ambitious. We've spoken about this before. He's a very driven guy. And when I met him backstage at one of the, the Part Life tour 
shows at, at the Queen's Hall here in Edinburgh. All he wanted to talk about was how To The End was going to be a number one single because it was going to be on the Radio 2 playlist. And I, I think that Girls and Boys and a lot of the other stuff on Park Life is written with an eye to that. Now, that might just be exactly what you're saying. It's the, it's the deal that you make with the devil, right? Okay, we'll give you this. We'll give you this mega-selling album. We'll give you the album that's going to put us at the top of the charts. But, you know, it, that comes at a cost, I think. And for me, the cost is that... Oh, anyway, I better not finish that sentence. Let's wait till we <laughs> get to the end. Right, okay. So okay. next up is... This is this has taken a really dark turn this week, hasn't it? We're, we're normally oh, yeah. so enthusiastic about everything, right? Um... Oh, God, it's not going to get any better now. <laughs> right. Well, you know, here's the problem, Nick. I'm beginning to feel like a hypocrite because I think I wrote a fairly gushy article about the album for the 25th anniversary. Yeah, this is um, what I said. When I, I saw um, stuff coming out and I read yours, I thought, oh, man, we're really going to clash over this. But actually, as things are progressing, we're actually pretty much on the same page. But, yeah, I think we're on to Tracy Jacks, right? Uh, right, Tracy Jacks. Just no, just no, just no. It's it, you know, it's 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 madness without any of the craft or guile. Yeah, you know, it's 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 so deliberate, isn't it? Yeah, I was gonna <laughs> I was gonna be a little bit more charitable than that. I was I was just gonna say it's a little bit too geezery for me, and uh, well, yeah, I think in terms of. <laughs> Uh, the the subject matter it's one of those pressure on Julian type songs and it's about weird blokes these oddballs suffering through life and struggling to find themselves and uh, I guess Charmless Man is another but that's a bit more of a blunt instrument but, yeah. uh, but this one is a yeah it's it's a bit knees up Mother Brown isn't it it's just I don't know um, there's just, there's just too many things that, that don't work about it. Like you say, it's a bit it's a bit geezy. It's a bit you know knees up Mother Brown. There is definitely something in that. You know, let's all gather round the Joanna and listen to a pearly king or a pearly queen. You know, sing some of the songs from the old days. But but some of the the lyrics and things, some of the the lines just don't work. You know, there's stuff in here about. I mean, I mean, this is a terrible line in anybody's book. Tracy Jacks is a golfing fanatic. Tracy Jacks, but his part is erratic. I mean. <laughs> You know, <laughs> right? Okay. Next, this. The, wait, wait, listen. This this may never get put out. This episode, Pe- people are not going to be happy about this. Um, get the right, okay. up after us now. <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, end Who of a century. End of a century. No, here here we're we're okay. I actually quite like end of a century. End of a century, I think, is a a different kettle of fish. She says the sand's in the carpet Dirty little monsters Eating all the muscles Just picking up the rubbish Give her effervescence She needs a little 
Um, you get any thoughts on this one? Yeah, it's um, yeah, one of my favourites off the album, I suppose. It's not high up in the favourites, but it's one of them. I do like it. It's low-key, yet cheeky. It's got the right vibe for the album, so I think it kind of fits, but it's a bit more downbeat. And yeah, I kind of like the lyrics, you know, sex on the TV, everybody's at it. It's a lovely line. Yeah, the mind gets dirty, you get closer to 30. And I wonder True. if Damon... Damon <laughs> yeah, exactly. I wonder if Damon had been listening to Kinky Afro when he... <laughs> yeah, so possibly. Only it's... went with your mother because she's dirty. I mean, I don't know, maybe it's just because there's not a lot of words which rhyme with dirty and 30, but... That's true. It yeah, just no, seems that... to me a little bit. I was like, oh, yeah. I think, you, I think you're right to say that it's more donkey. It'd be a, th- this would have been a lovely lyric, you know, a, a, a lovely song with that modern life is rubbish sound. Yeah. You know, uh, something just a little bit more, e- even more downbeat, um, something a little bit rawer. You know, there's ants in the carpet, dirty little monsters. Yeah, I, I think yeah. that, that's, that's a fantastic lyric. But there, it's it's a really really nice song. Okay, good, right. So one so far with with three tracks in one. Okay, okay. Girls and boys were saying okay. Tracy Jacks were not having. End of a century gets the thumbs up. Now yeah. we come to the title track, and my thoughts and feelings on this, I think, are already in the public domain. And I just thank all the fans, all the people who make us what we are. And I just thank um, all the people. Oh, people, so many people, and they walk your counting hours, ending us through their life. I don't like it. Uh, the parody starts here, doesn't it? Uh, yeah, Park Life, I, I didn't like it at the time. Um, I don't like it now. I hated the video. I thought the video was just naff in the extreme. No, it's it's one of those songs in the Britpop era that, you know, kind of hit the mark with the, the, the wider public, and that's great because it drove the bands that I love into the mainstream and forced people to, to hear songs like End of a Century and to hear songs like Feeling Called Love by Pulp or whatever. But I don't like it, Nick. I, I don't like part of it. Yeah, it's parody. It's close to being a a comedy record you know it's like a sort of indie shut up of your face um, <laughs> I, I, absolutely yeah no I don't like it yeah no I'm not a big fan either I mean it was a massive hit and unsurprisingly so really I mean it's one of the main criteria for a Britpop hit in my book not the only one of course is that it had to be like a group sing-along uh, bringing the people together was a huge part of Britpop's legacy and tunes like this, however crass and kind of lowest common denominator they may have been, were seen as you know, rallying calls. And it's you know, these songs were a cue for beery mates to get into like a sweaty scrum and start belting out the lyrics, you know, feeling unstoppable and inseparable. But it's a horrible song though, really, right? It, I know I know what people are gonna say. Nick, they're going to say that we are um, pretentious, that we're doing that thing that the cool kids at school do of like saying, well, we don't like the popular album, um, that we need to get a sense of humour, that we're boring. And you know, certainly in relation to me, a lot of that may be true. 
you know, and I'm, I'm happy to concede that. There may mm. be a little bit. It's not a conscious thing. Maybe subconsciously I'm, I'm playing that game. But like you, I, I, I look at it, I listen to it, and it, it just it just leaves me cold. Uh, what about yeah. uh, Bank Holiday? With, and of course it's an appropriate title, because all today, you don't have to get to bed early, you can start and watch the end of the show, because there's no work tomorrow, it is a bank holiday, and this is Blur. <laughs> Okay, now this is probably, I don't know, it might go against what you think, but I like it. I like it's a bit of speedy fluff. It's nothing, there's nothing of any substance to it whatsoever, but I always gravitate to this brash, punky, and a silly side of Blur, where it's all about the you know, the blast of adrenaline rather than any real substance. Mm. And uh, I think it's different to what Parklife was trying to do, the song, because it's just like <laughs> splurging out, and nothing makes sense other than the pace and the loudness of tunes like this, and that's why I like it. It would never trouble you know, the Ivan Novella Awards, by any stretch of the imagination but that's not the point of it so um when it comes on it's just over in a flash and it's kind of like can of full fat coke you know you shouldn't uh, really have it but it kind of gives you a bit of a jolt and then it's gone yeah that yeah it's an adrenaline rush right you know it's it's mm-hmm. what one one and a half minutes long one minute 40 something like that it's fun it's silly it, it has a real feel of what Supergrass were doing at the same time, right? Those mm. kind of speed-soaked, uh, Ramones-esque, Buzzcocks-esque, pop-punk songs. Yeah, I don't have any particular problem with uh, Bank Holiday. I think it's it's fun, right? Um, yeah, yeah. Lyrically, it's... I mean, it's beyond clunky lyrically, but yeah, it's just good fun. Yeah, okay, right. Bank Holiday, that's another tick. Okay, I'll, I'll keep some kind of track on here, <laughs> on, on my notepad. Uh, right, then it's Bad Head. Badhead's an interesting song, I think, right? A bit like End of a Century, there's a a, a touch more pathos here. There's something a little bit more delicate, uh, a little bit darker going on. Uh, And it's one of my favourite tracks on the album. It's not it's not my favourite track on the album, but it's it's one of my favourite tracks. I like that idea of you know, there's things in here about people, you know, that you've not really stayed in touch. Um there's nothing else to do except get a touch of flu. You know, it's all pretty hopeless and maudlin and it's a bit dreamy. I don't know. Yeah. This this for me would get a big thumbs up. What are your thoughts? Yeah, same for me. It's probably my favourite, or at least in the top two. The pace, the guitars, the melody, it all hits the spot for me. And it has something reminiscent of coffee and TV in its DNA, I think. Yeah. And it really sums up those kind of post-party mornings that I had way too many 
of back in the mid 90s so it's kind of like waking up and having a bad head and listening to bad head and it's kind of like connected and uh yeah that's kind of that that pace it's yeah i i understand when you you're making a record that you have to plot the track listing to give it a nice flow and ups and downs peaks and troughs and things like that but i um yeah i, I wish they'd have done more kind of songs along these lines yeah bad, bad head for me you're right it's it's it has more value more resonance and more meaning for me even now 25 years later it's still a song that i can return to on this album and, and not find my my teeth you know kind of ugh, begin to grind together a little bit thumbs up yeah thumbs up uh then it's the Debt Collector. I'll let you go first on this. <laughs> yeah, um, Damon's a fan of these intermission commercial break instrumentals, isn't he? And to break up the early albums, and yeah. I'm not. I'm not really. This hints at that very British thing, the music hall tradition. They inspired a lot of great work from people yeah. like like the Kinks, and a big influence on Damon. And, we, and with words, it might have had a dare I say it in your company, a Sergeant Pepper vibe to it. Mm. But it is a, is a little indulgent to do it. And I don't know, maybe it, you need to have a breath. But and we'll come to what the, the song which comes after that, which makes me think, well, you don't need a breath before that. And you don't really need the next song either. But we'll get to that. Mississippi 2, Mississippi 3, Mississippi 4, Mississippi 4. <laughs> 